Hello and welcome back to So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. Meg and I are besties who created this writing brand because we wanted to give authors a place to chat, hang out, and just generally be. The world needs more books. It needs your books. Let us help you make that happen. I'm Elle, a contemporary romance author. And I'm Meg. Okay, okay. Uh, Back to the show. We're not talking about Craig. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're uh, we're talking about dialogue. We're writing dialogue today. It's been like twenty minutes. People forgot that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, but the truth of the matter is, one of the best ways that you as a writer are going to connect with your readers is by you know really getting to them and getting under their skin with that you know, amazing dialogue. I couldn't agree more. A good dialogue provides a lot of functions in writing, you know. It advances the plot, establishes character, provides exposition while sounding natural and real life to readers. If you get it right. <laughs> yeah, if you get it right. Uh, you know, just from a mechanics standpoint, you know, I'm always breaking it down that way. Um, <laughs> sure are. <laughs> I'm like the robot of our our crew here. Um, writers tend to use the word dialogue to mean any uh, form of communication between two characters generally yes spoken out loud um, but there are exceptions to that rule Um, for example if you're writing a story with telepathy right but yeah just know that going on that's what we're talking about is the communication between characters all right here we go let's buckle up we're known for so you wanna so uh you want to get to a list of tips yeah yeah um i mean i guess i guess we need to be known for something yeah um other than my sordid dating history (laughs) oh my god eye patch 15 (laughs) percent. that's gone that is gone all right first tip love your love for patchy sorry but all, when it comes down to it, you know, what you're looking at is is tone, right? So every character has a different tone based on their personality and how certain things affects their reaction to the situations that they're in. So, you know, go back to Downtown Abbey here as an example. It's just a good example. They're, they're really good. The screenwriters did a really good job. Yeah. Okay. So, like, when things aren't going right for Mary, uh, you know, she gets kind of haughty and standoffish, you know, whereas Edith becomes just very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Probably like a cancer. I'm just kidding. Please don't <laughs> at me, water signs. I'm one of you. All right. Uh, but, you know, sisters raised in the same house you know they're raised mm-hmm. in the same class um standing but the writers made sure that they weren't carbon copies of each other they spoke differently because they were different so you know that that kind of brings me to my next point here and that's um you know especially with the downtown abbey here stay true to the era and the period and the environment that you're writing in Oh, oh my gosh. I love a good period novel, especially when I am transported to that time. But okay. Okay. So they're a favorite of mine. I'm more adjustable to uh, things um, than Elle is. So like, so when Elle says, 
you know, oh, transport us to that time period. And, you know, I say, make sure you stay uh, in tune with the period or the environment. You know, yes, do that. Um, but also know that it's okay to make minor adjustments if it serves the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're wanting to write within the rules of a period, you know, everything matters in making it authentic. And if you're going to change dialogue and use slang or or whatever, modernize it, you need to be very intentional with that so it comes off mm-hmm. clear and not as a mistake. Um, and that goes for everything, every detail in your book, but especially dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like, it's it's just kind of how it goes. Like, words are, are just like clothes. They go in and out of style. So you have to think about that whenever you're writing, a, a, like, a period piece. Yeah, and then also, if you're going to uh, be the accurate person the you know do the accurate representation of a period you know you got to remember that conversations and views need to be specific to the time that you're writing in and we know that that can be difficult and uncomfortable especially when we're dealing in things like racism and homophobia and anti-semitism and and all these horrific things that happened in our history um but you know it's important if you're going to be accurate that you are dealing in that time and saying the things that they would say um even though obviously today we would be like don't do that um and you know and I will always say you know anything you do as long as it's done with intention as long as it's done with purpose um to help your plot it's okay um obviously we have a history in this world it's not always the nicest history but it exists and it's okay to depict history yeah, which what we're saying though is, you know, the point is try to separate modern ideas where they're needed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so the next thing you should ask yourself whenever you're thinking about dialogue is why are your characters speaking? You know, are they trying to get something from someone else? Are they making a power play? Are they trying to lighten the mood with a joke? You know, when you write dialogue, make sure you know what your character is looking for from the interaction and how it actually serves like your overall plot. And another thing I want to throw out there is fictional characters don't say, uh, at least not excessively, um, not like, you know, maybe I do in everyday <laughs> speech. Yeah, in, in real life, we pat our words with a lot of ums and yes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, with written dialogue, you know, it, it needs to be clear. And that's not to say that an um here or uh there isn't, you know, isn't doable. That's not a big deal. Um, Especially, I just did it, see? Especially <laughs> when you're trying to show things like deception or nerves or mood, whatever. Uh, but too many of them are going to take away from the reader's experience. Yeah, I always like to think about podcasts. You know, if you're listening to a podcast that's telling the story of, say, Princess Diana's life, obviously those podcasts are, you know, those podcasts are scripted. And it's for that exact reason that they're trying to avoid the whole um, fillers that people Mm -hmm. often do whenever we're just talking off the cuff. Um, And also, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? It it trips me up, too, because we're saying the words, but every other word is, um, ah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I it makes sense in dialogue, but I'm telling you right now, th- this is where 
screenplay okay that's where my background is okay mm-hmm. screenplays and narrative writing are so different because in a screenplay you have the option to put in there uh, uh um this uh whatever and you can read it out loud and it sounds great and we always say read yeah. your narrative stuff out loud and your dialogue out loud a lot um you know to make sure it makes sense um see did it again <laughs> But <laughs> now we're hyper aware. I'm telling you that when you are sitting in silence as a reader and you're reading the narrative, when you have to read a uh, comma, a uh, comma, um, comma, it's weird. Yeah. So just it's weird. You know, maybe take a break it's from stuttering. talking out loud to yourself in a mirror and and count the number of ums that you have. Yeah, for sure. The next tip is that there's always subtext. There are often wide gaps between what people say and what they're thinking, you know, between what one understands and what one refuses to hear. So these gaps can collectively be referred to as subtext and they are valuable territory for the fiction writer. So stay alert to them and let them generate the drama in the scenes that you write. The next tip I have uh, it's likely one that you've heard many times now, but don't information dump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beginning writers tend to drop chunks of information onto a page all at once. Oh my and gosh, I did that. Well, <laughs> I, and, did and it. Is, I totally did in the early days. Uh, we've all done it, you know, <laughs> but this is called info dumping. And not only does it bore your readers, but it stops the momentum just dead cold. You want to make sure that the information you're giving out feels that it is arriving natural and in an interesting way. You can avoid that dreaded info dump by having your characters discover information in the course of a conversation. If that feels just overly you know exposing or whatever let let them just discover the information via action uh next thing is use tags with their strengths so tags are phrases like he said she said they whimpered she said laughingly all those kinds of things a lot of readers find those really distracting also depending what genre you're writing in it can cause other mechanical issues for example if you are a thriller or suspense writer those tags can jar your readers out of the story and out of the feeling of fear and worry and anxiety that you're trying to build recently i will say i listened to an audiobook with he said and she said dropped so often that by chapter 10 I was wondering how a traditionally published book let this many tags go through. And I was so sick of like, he said, she said that I never wanted to hear it or read it again. (laughs) Your next novel, your next novel would just be quotes. And and just nothing after everyone's going to be so confused. But be sparing is what she's saying. That's what I'm saying. Just be sparing. It's okay to have them there, but be sparing. Yeah. Of course, books will always be the best way to learn how to write dialogue. So, you know, go read. Um, But we encourage you to just consume as many books as you can in as many genres as you can to really get a feel of how it all comes together. And a great author to check out is Charles Dickens. Oh uh, my God, again the fact, with the Dickens. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just, he's, despite the fact that his characters no, he's great, yeah. are kind of, you know, wooden, he does a really great job reflecting how his characters would realistically speak. And you really can differentiate them without mm-hmm. a tag on them. Like you can, if you read a book and you get to know the characters, you you can tell who's speaking. Right. And that that is the mark of a great writer. Is It really is. That. He's got a um, lot of great books. Just remember, though, dialogue does take practice. Many super well-known authors spend decades honing the craft of writing effective dialogue. We're going to take a break for commercial, and when we come back, we will help you with formatting your dialogue. Hey, Meg. Hey, Elle. Remember when we said we wanted to start a podcast but didn't know where to start? Yep. And then we heard about Anchor, you know, the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. (laughs) I sure do. And it's been great. We can record, upload, and even schedule the days our podcast releases. Everyone should check it out. Easy podcasting, free hosting. Join the growing number of podcasters who are using Anchor worldwide today. Welcome back to So You Wanna Show for Writers by Writers. Before the break, we gave our best tips on writing stimulating dialogue, and now we're going to review formatting. This is kind of hard to do over podcast. Oh, gosh, for sure. Uh, (laughs) It's much easier to look at these rules right now, but I think there's definitely some benefit to hearing them. Yeah, you know, all these rules are things that you will have seen in the novels that you've read. Um, so hopefully we're just going to talk them out. Exactly. Yep. It's going to go great. Like we said before the break, writing dialogue is a challenge and something writers can spend a whole career working on before they perfect making it feel natural. There are a few rules that can help you get moving in that direction though. I'm going to start with the obvious one. I'm going to take that for the team. Um, quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these will indicate your spoken words. So, whenever a character is speaking, their words should be enclosed with a double quotation mark, right? So, like, yeah. bunny ears. Like, bunny ears. Like <laughs> Joey when he says, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, coming off of that, a uh, dialogue tag should stay outside of those quotation marks. So, we talked about them before the break. Dialogue tags are he said, she said, they replied, that kind of stuff. Keep in mind, of course, the punctuation stays inside the quotation marks. So I'll just give a quick example here. So open quotation, Daniel had to leave Boston, comma, close quotation, Jill said, period. And I do want to point out that there that's a comma there because you don't put the period before mm-hmm. there. If if it's if it's a sentence where that would end you put a comma and then it's she said he said they said whatever um well we'll talk a little bit more below about separate actions outside of outside of talking right Mm -hmm. and then also always use a new paragraph to identify a new speaker oh gosh please do that (laughs) anytime you change speakers you gotta hit that return key okay you should begin a new paragraph with an indent Mm-hmm. If the speaker performs an action after speaking, you should keep that speaker's action in the same paragraph. Right. 
Um, so what happens when someone is quoting something while talking? You need to use single quotation marks in the double quotations. So it'll be something like this. Donna started to cry, period. Open double quotation. When you said open single quotation, I will never leave you. Close single quotation. They were obviously just words, period. Close double quotations. Yep. And then we have long speeches and those have their own rules. (laughs) Sure do. (laughs) So I feel like people should be drawing this as I hear it. All right. If a character speaks for long enough, it's going to require a new paragraph and the dialogue formatting rules are just slightly different. Okay. So the opening quotation marks are placed at the first first paragraph okay as well as each subsequent paragraph so i'm not gonna break it down in an example like l does because it's a little bit too long like that but it would be open quotation paragraph here enter new paragraph right yeah with with open quotation my bad okay let me start over open quotation paragraph open quotation paragraph okay Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna put the end quotation when the actual monologue or (laughs) soliloquy is done okay (laughs) end quotation i'm not great like elias sorry (laughs) but this is there's a really great example for it if you are a court of thorn and roses fan okay in the second installment a court of mist and fury if you go to chapter 54, mm-hmm. there's a great example of this, you know, yeah. no spoilers um, because it's a major monologue, uh, but yeah. that is a great example of this rule. Yeah. M dashes are interruptions to speech. Um, M dashes, not to be confused with hyphens, are used to indicate interruptions and abrupt endings in dialogue. When formatting dialogue with M dashes, the dashes should be placed inside the quotation marks don't add additional punctuation when using ellipses if you are and that's that's the dot 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 guys okay the three dots (laughs) so if you're writing dialogue that ends with those dots okay you should not add a comma or any additional punctuation ellipses are used to indicate the trailing off of dialogue the exception to this is if it ends the whole thing, you put the dot, the extra dot there. It's the ellipsis and yeah. the period. The period. Yeah. Again, we know this is all kind of hard over um, a podcast and you can always rewind, re-listen um, and take notes. Um, also, Google is a great source for helping with dialogue rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, guys... I'm going to tell you right now, investing in a writing aid, something that's going to double check your work for you is great. Okay. Grammarly or pro writing aid or pro writing aid is going to catch dialogue issues. And that can be just so valuable. So the great thing is the more you see your errors, thanks to those programs, They are brutal. Uh, But the more you see your errors, the more you're going to learn and start catching them yourself before you even get to that point. Mm -hmm. 
And you don't have to pay for them to get all the benefits of it. You know, um, paying for it will give you more insight into your writing and give you more options of things that you can check over. But even with the free version, you can start to catch things like comma errors, quotation errors, mm -hmm. new paragraph errors and stuff like that. And then, of course, another great resource is other authors. Mm -hmm. I'm going to plug our Discord. It's my <laughs> show. Uh, you know, so you want to... Uh, so you want to write discord we're open you know we're a very welcoming community we have sprints all the time and we have an open dialogue all the time you know there's just people in all time zones that are just happy to chat and hang out and talk about uh you know what they're writing and if it's grammatically correct and then you have the people there that are happy to help you yeah, definitely. I've thrown out there, hey, is it like, you know, does the dialogue go like, or does the uh, punctuation go like this if I write, uh, if I'm doing this for my dialogue, or does it go this way? And people are more than happy to tell me which way is grammatically correct if I don't know. So yeah, it's really sure. helpful. It's yeah. really helpful. Well, that's it for dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a quick show, but it's so vital and important. I love it, you know. Um, I know you love it. I do. I, I'm i very character driven and I love to reveal information through dialogue. So I just think it's such a good tool. So if you can master it, master it. It's just great. Let's yeah. close this out. People are done right. hearing me talk. <laughs> As a reminder, I'm Meg. My work is available on Wattpad under Megan Alexandria. I am most active on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria, and you can use the link in my bio to find all my work and, uh, you know, where to purchase my book, The Holiday Affair, and, you know, just all the social media sites that I'm on. And I'm Elle. I'm also a writer on Wattpad under Elle Meredith Writes. Um, I do have a book coming this year, March 17th. Colorglin is coming out uh, on Amazon. Yay. So. Stay tuned and you'll be able to see how to purchase that, pre-order it and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I too am most active over on Instagram. And so you can follow me there at elmer.writes in my bio. There's a link that will lead you to all my writing, my TikTok, our Discord, just everything. L, I'm also on Goodreads and I am doing reviews on Goodreads now. So if you are wondering what I'm reading, what I'm thinking, and if I'd recommend it, <laughs> then just head on over there. I think the best thing about your recommendations is that after <laughs> afterwards or after your reviews is afterwards you give a recommendation of how to cure that book hangover and I just think oh that's I do cool. yeah I, I give a book I will give you a book so that you do not get stuck in dreaded hangover which has happened to me way too many times <laughs> <laughs> guys one last thing we Elle and I have a shared website for so you want a brand it's www.sywwrite that's so you want to write.com you can find links there to our merchandise including the coupons that pop up after these podcasts um <laughs> get a discount for it again that's www.sywwrite.com join us next week where we will be talking all about folklore same time same place we want to see you there <laughs>